Josie's Bar podcast. We're a bar in Hell's Kitchen, which is kind of near Brooklyn, where a special friend of ours lives. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm Claire. Joining me as always is my co-host Vix. Say hi, Vix. Hi, And we have not one, but two special guests this week (sighs) returning to the bar. Special guest who's been to the bar many times, has his own seat at the bar. It's Daniel. Hey. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. That's all right. You obviously know where your seat is at the bar. It's the one that says Daniel on it. Right. I got my little nameplate and everything on it. Yeah, that little plush one (laughs) with the gold nameplate. And then we have a first-time visitor to the bar. It's Rick. Woo. Hey. Hey. Greetings, Daredevil fans. (laughs) Greetings, Rick. Now, there is a particular reason that you are uh, in the bar this week. Um, and what would that reason be? You're thirsty. Well, don't don't trust the drinks in this bar. I'm just I was saying. Say, if you're thirsty, I don't know why you came to yeah. Josie's. Yeah, it comes out of a hose <laughs> out the back of the bar. <laughs> we just we just scoop up a puddle out the back and put it in a glass. <laughs> Way to sell it. Hey, <laughs> all about the good drinks here. Although I have been to the real Josie's bar, the Turkey's Nest, and the drinks were very nice. Uh, so there we go. I just had a coke though. Uh, so, what? Why have you decided to come on for this particular issue this week? Well, I appreciate you having me. Uh, Daniel and I are part of a, a, a another podcast. I, I know it's. I can't believe there's something else other <laughs> out more there. Than but one? <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, I I actually run a podcast devoted to Captain America. Nice. And so we. We're uh, around same amount of podcast episodes as you guys. We're we're in the 40s, so um, we've been around since December of this past year, and uh, it really actually stemmed from a, a Facebook group that I started. Oh gosh, a year and a half ago, maybe <laughs> beginning of the pandemic, and um, so it's a Captain America comic book fans, and so we uh, we have like over 4,000 fans in the group, and it was like, well, how do we take this to the next level and we started a, a podcast um so uh so yeah daniel who's you know a frequenter uh, on this uh this show said you know hey rick do you do you want to do you want to join us and talk about this particular issue because uh you know it's a special issue that features daredevil and a certain star spangled avenger <laughs> america's ass <laughs> the star spangled man with a plan um, yeah, no, definitely. This is the first appearance of Captain America. I know, Vix, you were really excited last issue. I was very, very excited. Because this my is boy. like one of the big, you know, the, the the heavy hitters appearing for the first time, which is very cool. We've had a few so far. We've had Doctor Doom, Spider Man, Thor, Fantastic Four. I think that's probably I think that's it. it isn't it? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's it. And, and you know why you know it's a heavy hitter? It's because they brought back the King. Jack Kirby to yeah. do the cover. Yeah. Right? So Jack Jack did the cover for Daredevils uh, 1 through 4. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think he did one more with issue 13. So it's been a while since Jack has been on the book. But they knew uh, this was a heavy issue. So they, they brought back the king for the cover. Yeah. And the cover definitely looks different to the, the ones we've mm-hmm. had recently. Um, it's got a, a different style to it. I really like this cover. It's great. Um, before we get into the cover, we are a bar, so we always find out what everyone's drinking. So, Vix, what are you drinking this week? Is it some kind of tea beverage? Um, it is not. It is um, 
fizzy water with slices of frozen watermelon in it. Ooh, spray summary. Yeah. Uh, I am always, as always, well not always, but this week I am drinking a cherry Pepsi Max. Max no, really? I know, it's my favourite. I do apologise, I'm very boring. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> what are you drinking this week? Uh, I just have a plain water. I've got some yard work on, on the schedule today, so I'm trying to hydrate up. That's good. As long as it wasn't from the, the tap out the back of Josie's. Cause... <laughs> no, no. As long as it's bottled. Although I had to laugh. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Ted Lasso. It's like a... I haven't. A I really want to see it, because they, they film it in like the town over from where we live. Oh, you do. They had, he has like a whole like skit where he's given like fizzy water for the first time and like he spews it out because he wasn't expecting like the bubbles and like <laughs> so when Vic said fizzy water, it's the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> um, Rick, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm going with boring as well. I, I just have an ice water, but it is out of a Daredevil tumbler. Nice. Hey. Is this the Daredevil Tomb tumbler? Um, I'm not sure. It's just a uh, you know a pint glass uh, with uh, you know Daredevil on the front. I'm not sure which specific one. They've made a few. They have, yeah. Well, we've got we've got po- probably matching then because I'm drinking out of the uh, also a pint glass with Daredevil on it as well. Very nice. Has to be done. The occasion calls for it. So <laughs> this week we are discussing issue number 43 in combat with Captain America. This issue was released August the 1st, 1968. Um, The description of this one is as follows. Karen Page reaches a critical point in her career and must decide whether her feelings for Murdoch are enough to keep her at the law office. Daredevil continues his hunt for the vigilante jester, guest starring Captain America. Which is the most exciting thing about this issue, and they they save it to last. Um, just a little sidebar. Yeah, they're just oh, like, eh, by the way, Captain your... America's in it. <laughs> no. uh, so yeah, as you mentioned about the cover, um, what do you guys think of this cover? Because it does have a different look to it, and it's it's Captain America and Daredevil in combat with all the press looking. Um, as Rick was saying, it's a very classic Kirby cover. Um, mm-hmm. um, you kind of have like the, the Kirby hands, you know, the big dynamic action. <laughs> yeah. of, um, like it's, you know, they're they're larger, so they kind of look like they're popping out at you. You know, he's really good at that um, kind of dynamic sequences that leap off the page at you. It's kind of what Kirby's kind of known for. Mm. Um, but this is such an iconic cover um, on our Captain America page. This This cover pops up quite a bit. Nice. Um, so it's it's definitely popular even amongst the Captain America fans. So very iconic. I love as well that yeah. I, I don't know the name of it, but like because I know not much about the history of, of Cap, but I love his classic costume like he's wearing here with like the little scales. I don't know what they're called, yeah. but you know what I mean on his uh, the like, chainmail. The chainmail, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really like that look. It kind of I just I like it. Just makes it look a bit different to. Uh, like later versions of the character, but I'm really glad. It's the boot. It's the booty shorts for me every single time. Oh, he has got some shorts on, hasn't he? I've just noticed. Yeah. On the cover. They, they did it. They did it in the um the first Avenger film as well. Yeah. Well, he had in shorts time. in the first Avenger film. Yeah, did you like when he comes? You can see them better when he first like goes out on the stage in front of like the hundred and seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What and you mean. um, it's like uh, that's why Bucky asked him to keep the costume. Fair enough. Probably. So, so interesting fact about the, this cover. 
Uh, this was not the first cover for this issue. Okay. Uh, so the interior artist, Gene Colan, mm-hmm. uh, who's been doing the covers for, you know, for the last several, couple of years, um, he actually had a cover that he did. Um, and it's um, it wasn't published um, because they decided they didn't they didn't like what was happening. So it's it's the same thing where they're in the uh, the stage, mm-hmm. you know, in the ring, but instead it's Daredevil hitting Cap with his left, pushing, making Cap fall down, and he's taking away his shield in the right hand. Oh, so. Um, so Daredevil is totally uh, winning in this particular scene that mm. Gene Colan did, and Stan said, mm, "We can't, we can't show one of them beating the other." Yeah. So, um, so they had Jack uh, do this cover, which just shows the two of them with with no one at a particular advantage. That makes sense because if, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that makes sense. You don't want to show one beating the other. You've got plenty of uh, panels of that in the actual issue so yeah keep the yeah. cover you know a bit more neutral i think that was a good call it's a bit it's a bit sort of like um more likely to buy it to sell copies as well because it's like oh we need to find out what happened mm, yeah definitely yeah and it's you're right on when it comes to selling copies because right around this time uh in captain america it, it's he just launched within a few months his own series. So prior to that, he was in Tales of Suspense for a few years, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, sharing that with Iron Man. Um, so with issue 100, um, they they made Captain America his own series. So August of 1968 was issue 104, and Stanley was writing, Jack Kirby was doing the art. So this may have also been kind of a way to kind of plug that book by by having Jack. Jack Kirby's Captain America mm. on this cover to try to kind of cross promote. Mm. To try and get people sort of interested in the other book. Yeah. That makes sense. It was it was really nice to see him back for that cover, you know, and the artwork inside the the sort of usual Gene Colan artwork is is really good as well. But I was like, oh, you know, it was just nice to see that Jack Kirby cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this issue is, as usual, it's uh, Stan the Manly and Gene the Dean Colon, and inking this time is Vince Coletta, lettering is Artie Simic. So no Sammy Rosen this week, Vic, sorry. Uh, and we start with one of Vic's favourite things, which is Matt Murdock doing gymnastics while wearing his sunglasses. <laughs> I'm just happy he's not in the brogues. Yeah, he's he's wearing his Daredevil like. costume this time. He's not just wearing dress shoes and, mm-hmm. like, tiny shorts and his sunglasses. But it is, like, it's a running joke now that he works out in his sunglasses. because In, 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 his... in his private gym when no one can yeah. see him. Who are you <laughs> hiding your eyes from, Matt, you know? <laughs> he really uh... did have such a phobia about showing his eyes because, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit later, when he takes the glasses off, like... Um, one of the previous issues, his eyes are in shadow, so you can't see them. Yeah. Um, they really, really had a taboo about it in his early days. I think it wasn't the... until he was like Doctor Doom was in his body, because there was that a couple of episode, um, issues ago, wasn't it? And we were all like, Ooh, yeah, nice. there was one. Yeah, there was one which was really weird because because you just weren't used to it. And then there was that one panel in the Klaus Kruger story where. Um, they showed his eyes and again it was so it was so 
strange no, because yeah. you yeah because you're just not used to it because they just do everything to not show his eyes it's 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 very odd and they, they obviously they don't do that in the comics anymore but they are like you're right they have like this real phobia of oh we can't show his eyes you know um so the issue opens where matt is is working out some issues um while uh doing his somersaults in his private gym and we don't exactly know what the situation is all we know is that karen has left uh she's gone he's lost her forever so we don't well we don't know if she's left or if she's died or something you know um so i kind of like that the way it starts and you're like you don't exactly know what's happened um it's just matt being really emo in his gym I think this is like the start, like this whole start of this issue is probably the first time because he's really like battling with himself over I'm, you know, I'm Daredevil and Matt Murdock is the character I put on and and I kind of hate myself. But then I'm this and I'm that. I think this is like the first time we really see the ongoing mental health issues that Matt has Hmm. that becomes a pattern later on. I don't know what what you guys think. Um, Daniel, obviously you've read quite a bit of Daredevil. Yeah, this is... I really enjoyed this first part of this issue. Um, like I said, we'll kind of get into you know, the setup between him and Karen, um, which has come up again and again, but here it's a little repetitive, but it feels like for the first time there's actual emotional weight mm-hmm. to it, and it's not just exposition, um, and we're actually starting to get some forward momentum to it. Um but I really liked it. Um, like I said, it's it's it some good emotion with Matt. Um, it kind of shows, you know, how much you know, having all these different identities and all this, um, you know, all these different personas out there and how it's kind of eating at him and kind of destroying his personal relationships and how mm-hmm. he can't really show all of himself to really anybody. Um, you know, we just got done with the Mike Murdoch stuff and um, you kind of showed that it was um, – kind of like you know, Daryl is unique in that he can't show all of his personality to like anyone you know mm-hmm. there's always something he's kind of holding back um, when he's Daredevil he's kind of he's pretending to be sighted and then when he's you know he's blind he's pretending to be wholly blind and neither one is really like the whole truth mm-hmm. um, so it's it's kind of interesting you know seeing it here where you know it's kind of you know it's weighing on him and you know really kind of destroying kind of the relationships he has yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah, I, I really like the start of this issue as well. I like what's going on um, in his mind, and I feel like it isn't just part of this ongoing love triangle. You know, for the first time, it's not a, lo- it's not, he's not sort of ruminating on his identity as part of this love triangle. It's actually getting to kind of the core of the character a bit more, which I was really happy to see. Um, I don't really understand why Karen is suddenly deciding to leave Nelson and Murdoch at this point. I don't know what you guys seems, think. It seems a little bit abrupt. I kind, I wish that they'd sort of said, like you mentioned about Mike Murdoch, Daniel, I wish that they had said that it was because Mike died or something, you know, and she decided that it's not going anywhere. It, it, that kind of, you know, made her mind up for her or something. She realised how dangerous it was being around there. But they don't mention Mike at all. It's just all of a sudden she's... She's just like, see ya, bye. Yeah, she's just decided there's no chance with Matt, I guess. I guess she was kind of bouncing back and forth between 
uh, Mike and then Matt and then mm. Foggy. And I think that in the previous issue, she or back in like I guess it was 41. Um, I think she finally decided, okay, it's Matt who I want to be with. You know, I kind of choose him out over Mike and over Foggy. And I think that realization kind of came with, well, you know, this is never really going to work. You know, it's mm. he's never really opened up to me. You know, he's never. Um, you know, we've never shared that connection. So, you know, why am I just, you know, continuing to beat my head against the wall about it? Yeah, it's like, because she does say, you know, yeah, it's very strange, this whole situation to me, because Matt immediately is like, oh, it's because of me, isn't it, that you're leaving? <laughs> and it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you he kind of seems confused as well that how does she not know that he loves her but he himself has said I mean she has said that all he does is act aloof and cold to her um so it's kind of like good on you Karen for not chasing him anymore you know when he does nothing except he doesn't open up to you and he's he's never warm to you and he's obviously doing that to keep her at a distance Mm. so you sort of think well yeah how long would would someone put up with that not very long. Yeah. Um, and Deb's kind of standing in the background listening. Like, oh, awkward. I love I love Deb's in the background. And she's just like, once again, going, what the hell have I got myself into here? <laughs> like, I don't, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in, in the panel where where Matt is, is leaning over the table and she's just staring at him, it's yeah. not a judgmental look at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like she just thinks she's just like, can, can I get out of here? Like, <laughs> because remember, like yeah. Matt is in her mind, she like Matt, Doctor Doom in the body of Matt, like acted really weird around her only a few weeks ago. <laughs> so I think she just doesn't really get Matt, you know? Yeah, she's just kind of like, here is this douchebag. So <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> And Karen says you let your blindness come between us, Matt, which is kind of right because he does. But I don't really like her saying all she wanted to do was take care of him. I was like, oh. I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. But again, it's these early issues where, you know, it's very much like people just see him as not capable. Yeah, but it wasn't also, I mean, it's 1968. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that, you know, it's a different... I mean, we're talking a couple generations almost yeah, since yeah. then, right? So the mentality back then, I think, too, wasn't just because he was blind, it was because he was a man. Mm. And so she wanted to take care of him, you know, and, and I think that's kind of typical of that time period. And we've definitely seen it in uh, like in the sort of brief bit of um, when we had like female characters in it before, like even when we had Sue Storm, we kind of commented on it like the writing of women um yeah it's a little bit problematic looking back at it now but yeah i get what you mean and also the fact is as well that matt does play up his blindness because he's always like oh you know i'm just a blind guy and i can't do anything for myself you know um so he does kind of play up on this as well um but this yeah this whole argument of theirs is a bit problematic where he sort of Mm -hmm. says women you're all alike you try and own a man and it's just his yeah. whole kind of like if I'm really horrible to her, then she'll just stop loving me and get over me really quickly, and that's what I want. But it's like you don't have to be an asshole to someone. Yeah, but it's it's in order like to assist that, you know. It's like self sabotage, and again, I think it's part of his 
his uh, wobbly mental health, you know, is... Uh... Like, he could, he could literally just say, I'm not interested, Karen. Yeah. And, and I probably never will be. But when has he made the, the sensible decision about anything? <sighs> Yeah, I know. This is the man who invented his identical twin brother. It's kind of interesting. He's he's struggling with, you know, almost the fact, you know, can I have a normal life or, you know, am I just Daredevil? And um, kind of, I guess, the importance of Daredevil to him um, because he just, you know, quote unquote, killed off Mike Murdock. So he Mm -hmm. has an easy out to just say, I'm never going to be Daredevil again. He's dead. You know, that's it. Um, but he can't let it go. Um, so he's almost kind of using that as an excuse of, okay, I can't be with Karen because, you know, it's, it's too dangerous and her life's going to be in danger. But, I mean, how many times has Nelson and Murdoch been attacked and blown up and <laughs> and, and everything yeah. over the last 40 issues? Um, so I almost kind of feel it's it's a little bit of like an excuse that he's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of saying, well, you know, she's going to be in danger, so I, I can't be with her. Um you know, kind of using that as a crutch as opposed to focusing, you know, he's kind of obsessed with being Daredevil and he can't let it go. And that's such a huge part of him. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't think he can quite kind of marry the two sides together yet. And he, well, he, Daniel, that he's, oh, he's a red hot swinging superhero. That's <laughs> just the way he wants it. It did make me he's laugh just, when he said, I never wanted to be a, he, at one point he was like, I never wanted to be a Casanova. And that made me laugh. Because I was like, he's known as like one of the biggest Casanovas in Marvel, oh, so big time. Yeah, yeah, that made me laugh. It was like, well, you don't have much choice in the matter, Matt. Sorry, <laughs> and he really like can't give up being Daredevil because literally last issue, like he killed off Mike the issue before, and in the last issue, he immediately just went back to being Daredevil and just came up with the, the the um the story that Mike trained a, you know, apprentice daredevil and like Mike's, there's this other guy running around who's daredevil and it's, yeah, he just, he, he doesn't even like plan it out. You know, it's so instinctual that he's like, no, I have to be daredevil. I'm still daredevil. This is who I am. And I, I really like this exploration in this, this issue about that. It's uh, like, I think as I said before, Daniel, you're right. There's just a bit more emotional weight to it that I like. Yeah, and, and that's it can been be something self-sabotaging, and I, I, I do think that's part of his his kind of mental health that we will mental health struggles that we will see sort of later on. It's one of the the reasons I love this character. <laughs> sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I, I just agree with both you and Daniel on this. I mean, oh. I I've been reading uh, Daredevil, so so I I failed to mention. <laughs> While Cap is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Daredevil is my number two. Nice. And so um, I actually, I I have from Daredevil one to current, I'm only missing four issues. Wow. So I've, I've, I've now granted issues one, two, and three I'm missing, which are the <laughs> the hardest to get because they're. I have one but... and two. Oh wow! <laughs> if we combine yeah. our powers, we probably have all of them. Oh nice! Yeah, I, <laughs> I was so thrilled to get number seven, which is a yeah. tough one to get. Um, but so I. I I've been I started reading Daredevil with issue like 200 mm-hmm. and I haven't stopped since uh, I, I mean as far as like getting it monthly so that was back in like fall of 1983 so he he's always been this uh, this character in turmoil mm-hmm. right and and um, and maybe maybe uh, I've always uh, the other thing that has appealed to me about him you know I'm Catholic right mm-hmm. so I get the Catholic guilt 
that a lot of the writers have picked up on over the years. And so he, uh, uh, so I, I agree with Daniel as far as like we're starting to see this kind of play out that is going to end up being a major part of this character's, mm-hmm. um, you know, persona uh, for for the next fifty years. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's you're saying about like the the Catholicism. We've sort of said before that it, it's it's very strange in these early issues that so many big parts of the character that become really big parts later are just not part of the character in the moment. Like the Catholicism, it's not even been mentioned, and it becomes such a big part of him. And like that Catholic guilt, like you said. Like I said, just the impulsiveness of of Matt, um, where. You know, he's so determined and, you know, he's made a decision and now I have to stick with it kind of, you know, no matter what. And it's, you know, even though it's tearing him apart, you know, he's just kind of like, okay, well, this is this is what it is because it is, you know, it's like he can't like he's almost so headstrong. Like if he made a decision, he's just like, even if it's the wrong one, he's like, well, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was weird as well that this is, I think, the first issue we've seen when when Matt is in his Matt persona. Like in this scene, the suit he's wearing is red. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like he's yeah, always Daredevil, you know. Then there's a bit where, like, it's it's the first panel after the like scene in the office, mm-hmm. and he's got a red overcoat on, but his trousers are blue. Oh, oh yeah. So I'm like, weird. did he did he quickly do a costume change so that <laughs> his entire outfit wasn't red? I mean, oh. he he would never, and I'm sure Rick and Daniel agree with me. Matt would never wear an all red suit, and a red jacket, and a red shirt, and a red tie, and maybe get a crew cut for his hair. He'd never do that. <laughs> never, never, mm. never. Yeah, less said about that look, the better, in my opinion. I still want to cosplay that look. You know? <laughs> no, I will not be seen with you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and at this point, after he's kind of driven Karen away, when he's gone back to his gym, he like starts destroying the gym and throwing everything around. And this is when we get the mention of him, him being a red hot swinging superhero. <laughs> and then he start he, he like actually breaks down. I was like, I really like this might be my panel of the week where he's just oh you beat me oh, that I'm was sorry. my fan all the week <laughs> like he's tear- he's, he looks like he's flinging a mattress like he's tearing everything up he's like hit the speedball like off the chain and then he just kind of breaks down at the end and i was like it's a very oh, emotional panel i love it i yeah, love and, it and yeah colin's a master here mm-hmm. in in the fact that he showed so much in in just this one panel mm-hmm. and he um is you just took us through it, right? I mean, there's the action, mm-hmm. there's the the in the beginning, and then just the fact that speedball, uh, you know, that, that he's hitting, right? Um, that it's not just him hitting it off, but it's showing like the ricochet of it going back and forth, mm. and 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 the multiple versions of it. I mean, that, you know, that's above and beyond what he could could have just easily just drawn. Mm-hmm. And then and then you take him take us through the the uh, the way he throwing the mattress and then um, how that's just put in perfectly within within this whole one panel and then his emotional breakdown uh, at the end um, it, there's just so much going on in this one panel and, and Colin shows how he's a master it flows really well like the way 
the like the impact like it just your eyes just like going in from the left to the right with like the impact of his punch and then because the bag's swinging back that kind of pulls your eyes back and then they go down and round like with the mattress yes. and then it goes like finally on on him in the corner and it's yeah it's just really well done i love it i'm, I'm guessing it's not a mattress but it's some sort of like gymnastics maybe it Crash just pad. looks like a mattress. I don't know. Probably I don't know. He's pad, a yeah. swinger. You never know. He may need to have a mattress in every room, you know? Yeah, mattress like, in my, every room. My note for this whole scene was, well, someone needs a cup of warm milk and a nap. <laughs> I wonder if he's had any sleep yet, because there was about six oh, issues God. where he was like, I haven't slept. And it's like, did he Did he finally get that nap? I hope he did. I, <laughs> I hope, hope so. he did. Yeah. After all of that. <laughs> so he's swinging through the city. Um, and he's like, right, this is the life I chose. This is what I have to deal with now. And he swings past Madison Square Gardens and hears that there's an urban poverty fa- uh, fund and uh, world-famous guest Captain America will battle any volunteer in any type of combat. Well, this couldn't possibly go wrong, <laughs> could it? I, mean... I did think it was weird that anyone can show up, but then it's meant to be pretend because I was like... Surely yeah. that will invite a ton of supervillains or just anyone that has like, beef with Cap to turn up and do a real fight. So, But Cap seems genuinely surprised that no, this is meant to be pretend. I was like, well, wouldn't you have rehearsed it? Well, you I don't think know. so. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. Um, but apparently no one's taken him on because Daredevil's the first one that does. And he goes and does some other stuff before that, so... Um, so he said he would like to fight Cap, but he's got more important things to do. And he's remembered that one of them is to hunt down the Jester. And this is where Vix was like, no, no, not again. Please, no. Um, our friend from last week. What do you guys think of the Jester, by the way, uh, Rick and Daniel? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so the jester, uh, yeah, you know, stands just sometimes he has to to create characters that, you know, I don't think he's necessarily proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, I think I think Vix, what did you say? He was a bastard love child of the Joker and Riddler or something like that before. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's, um, you know, I wouldn't even say he's a B-list character. I mean, he's mm. he's probably on the on the D-list. Um, he's on the same list as the Matador. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Matador. I, I. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I I'm gonna have to. Can I can I just go ahead and give my my boot now? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, that would be the Jester's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. even though it's a flashback, he's also my boot, so that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, he's... wait a minute. You had, <laughs> you gave the plunderer so much credit for, oh. you know, having a theme and just, you know, leading <laughs> into the theme. Yeah. And yeah, he here we have the like... jester who's giving it his all, and you won't throw him a bone. But the plunderer didn't have some sort of like creepy man cave with paedophilic undertones and the way the jester's drawn as well is just he this he's just very off-putting like just like everything about the character is is very creepy which is kind of cool 
Yeah, because there's there's characters Daredevils I love that are like very creepy, like um, you know, but classic there's... villains. But then the the Jester's just like, ooh, I, yeah. There's and he does come back, like he's even you know he's he's like like you said he's like almost like a D-list character. But they do bring him back, and they've even brought him back in the last ten years. You got that? Oh look God. to look forward to, Vix. Um, so yeah. But yeah, just here, very, very creepy and off-putting, and yeah, he's not right. He's an not evil, right. an evil grown-up Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, Kevin McAllister is the son of the Jester and Saw, like Jigsaw. Oh, good lord. Yeah, they're all related somehow. So, uh, meanwhile, while uh, Daredevil swings through the city. Uh, there has been a bag stolen from the Parkside Medical Centre containing radioactive vials. No um, way. And and Dad was like, right, that's right, up my alley, I'm off. I'm like a walking Geiger counter, which is interesting because we've not heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, which would make it assume that he's hunted down like radioactive material before. Um, well, I love how they make this like so. Well, like, oh, it happens all the time. Some, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, grabs a doctor's medical bag, not suspecting it contains deadly radioactive material. So apparently, doctors are just running around with <laughs> radioactive material at all times. That's probably how at least half of the heroes and villains in New York have been created, right? Just hmm. with like stolen radioactive material. <laughs> fallen into something yeah. some sort of vat of something yeah absolutely yeah daniel that, that that jumped out at me too i when i read this i mean because it starts with it happens all the time and and i just kept thinking like all right is this stanley's just way of of trying to make this uh, acceptable so that way these stories you know are are we can suspend our belief a little bit more with these stories that stuff like this happens all the time like uh I mean, it's yeah. very much they had to – I think they were trying to come up with a reason that, you know, Daredevil and, and Captain America would eventually fight. Mm. And this is, you know, this is the crutch that they, you know, came up with, um, you know, instead of, like, you know, mind control, it's radioactive, you know, material messing them up. So, I mean, it's it's very it's very plotty, you know. It's, it's like you couldn't just have them, like – I mean, he had a perfect setup already where he's in the stadium. He's has, you know, anyone can come up and challenge him. Yeah. I mean, you can't have Daredevil just walk up and be like, you know what? I'm just going to blow off some steam. Like, you know, let's have a sparring match. And no, we have to do like a full, like a full explanation on why yeah. they're really going at it. Yeah, because it easily could be where he just, like you said, he just challenges him and he's already feeling um, like, you know, he's quite emotional and he's obviously feeling angry we've just seen him like dismantle his gym <laughs> and he could take on cap and it just kind of gets out of hand um mm. you know with this this pent-up anger that he has in frustration um so yeah this was very strange <laughs> the way that they go about it and obviously they don't want it to be like oh it's a misunderstanding because that takes time to set up like they did with you know spider-man and um when you know there was the multiple daredevils like <laughs> fighting spider-man yeah. um so it's kind of a quick way of doing it, but I, I don't know if they ever brought this back. I can't remember if they ever brought it back that, like, you know, like certain radioactive material. Because it, it just it just reminded me of, um, I feel like it's like the Superman 3 plot, 
you know where red kryptonite the with the with the kryptonite with the the tar in it and it yeah, makes it's... christopher reeve evil I mean, when he has a dirty costume and now smokes or and has stubble or whatever and flicks um, peanuts at a mirror really think about is i know a little bit later on i think it's in the miller's run they had you know he runs into radioactive material again but it oh, like yeah you're right it, it yeah. messes up his senses and you know it, yeah. it affects him a little bit different but i mean it's, it's not going to be the last time we see radioactivity kind of throwing him off um but i think this is the only time it plays that it has kind of a red kryptonite effect and makes him yeah. go insane <laughs> yeah it just makes him like yeah just like suit like just a, an arsehole <laughs> like he goes into like angry emo mode. Yeah, he goes. Yeah, he goes into like Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man Three mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only he took his helmet off and he had like a little emo fringe, it'd be great. Love I'd to see him dancing down the street. Yes. Oh, it'd be great. I'd love it. So he Just finger guns at everybody. <laughs> that would be. Oh. That would be amazing. Do you want to see my billy club? <laughs> no, that's not a billy club in my pocket. I am just pleased to see you. Um, so he he takes this uh, radioactive material of this robber, this anonymous robber, and starts to feel a bit woozy. And then we get a little flashback to when he lost his sight, which was kind of nice to see. Not the last. Yeah. So time when was the last? <laughs> but, but, um. I can't recall. Have we seen a flashback to his origin in the last 40 issues? I think once. Yeah, once. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember what issue it was. Remember what issue. No. We saw it in the first one, and I definitely was it, saw it in another one. Was it when maybe there was that doctor that was like, I can I can give you back your sight like or something, and, he, and then he had like a flashback? Oh, so maybe, I think, yeah. I think it was around that sort of time, I mm. think. Yeah, maybe. Because Karen was doing the, like, oh, you should go <laughs> see this doctor because then I could love you. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it could have been around there. But I think we definitely had at least one flashback. Mm. But so always, I think it's like, a, it's that's the fun. rule, right? It's like, uh, okay, every couple of years we have to show a flashback for the new reader. Yeah, yeah exactly, so they yeah. know what happened. And it's um, one of the things that Elizabeth and I mentioned on uh, when we did our commentary for the Daredevil movie was that one of the things I really don't like about that movie is I don't like the fact that in it Matt loses his sight directly, sort of indirectly because of his dad, but also it's not because he's saving someone. It's like a total accident, mm. and I don't like that. It's I feel like this is such an important part of his character that he yeah. loses his sight while saving someone. Um, and like obviously you have the irony that he's saving a blind man and then he loses his sight. Um, but it's one of the major things in that movie that I don't like is that he just has a random accident, um, you know, and loses his sight. Well, this is kind of a it's a little bit of a, a twofold. Like one, we were talking earlier about you know how this is done almost kind of as a promotion for mm -hmm. you know the people that are reading Daredevil might cross over and you know try Captain America, and then those that were reading Captain America might try to you know jump over and read Daredevil. Um, so it's an interesting way to kind of you know throw in the origin a little bit for I guess Cap readers that mm -hmm. you know have reading Daredevil to kind of like hey here's this character you know get interested in him. Um, but I also found it interesting that, like, you know, the first part where he's kind of questioning, you know, can he have a normal life? Can he be Daredevil? And then, you know, in this issue, we get callbacks to his origin kind of throughout mm -hmm. this, um, where, you know, we have the, you know, the two page, um, 
kind of origin story again. And then we go into, you know, a boxing ring, which kind of alludes back to his mm-hmm. dad, you know, that kind of thing. So it's interesting that they're kind of pulling from the origin while he's kind of having a, a crisis on, you know, is he going to be Daredevil full time or, you know, can he have, you know, a normal life as well? Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that, like with the ring as well, like obviously being calling back to his dad, but that, yeah, that makes kind of perfect sense. Um, so he does decide to go and beat up Captain America because now he's, he's dark, de- he's dark devil. Um, yeah. and, and Cap's really not feeling doing these fighting because it is for charity, but obviously it's been organised by someone um, to raise money. But yeah, again, this is Daredevil being a bit a bit impulsive and just being like, I can beat him. I'm it's Daredevil. Like, dude, dude, well, I like how you don't really get America. an explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just like he just like swings in <laughs> and it's just like, what up, Star Spangled Ass? Let's go. <laughs> I love that panel of him uh, swinging into the, like above the crowd towards the ring. I really like that panel. You've got the crowd that below like, looking up at him. My, my panel. Um, you know, I, I went. Uh, I was trying to avoid you know the the fight ones just because it was a little obvious. But um, I really <laughs> like this panel of him swinging in to the stadium and the people kind of looking looking back with the surprised looks, yeah. um, kind of looking up. So I really like that that action shot of him kind of swinging into the stadium. I like as well that everyone immediately picks up, like, the people when he's entering the, um, you know, Madison Square Gardens, and then also when he starts fighting Cap, everyone picks up on the fact that he doesn't sound like Daredevil. Mm. Like, there's something off about him. Well, and he keeps calling Steve, like, all these kind of, like, oh, you phony, um, and stuff like that, and it's like, dude, it's Captain America, show some respect. <laughs> but they don't have a relationship at this point. No, but it's still like, you know, every it's Captain America, do you know what I mean? I do like, like as well the ref is like, hold it, we've got to get you both some gloves. I was like, they don't yeah. need gloves! What are you talking about? <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, this later on, many, many, many years later, so this is, gosh, I don't know, maybe early 90s, late 80s, um, Daredevil made an appearance in Captain America mm-hmm. in a story called Streets of Poison. And in this, Cap um, gets uh, in unintentionally um, almost on a, on a type of drug that's kind of like a like a, a crack, and so it's in his system, hmm. and so he goes crazy and he starts looking for a fight with Daredevil. So it's it's almost like the reverse uh, cool. of this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, it's very interesting, and 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 Steve becomes uh, quite the ass as well. Um, but Which, uh, let's be honest, it's not difficult. Like Steve can be a bit of an ass. I think all, never, all Marvel characters can. Be. But he just—he never, like, he never loses the little angry kid from Brooklyn kind of vibe. Um, so yeah, he can be a title asshole. But that's why I love him. <laughs> so. I think that's Rick, cool that they just like take caps lock and just like you know cracking off right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, listen, I I hear you. Um, I I never saw him as an when he was before like you said the the kid from Brooklyn, right? And I don't know if you're referring to the movie or the comics, but um, I never saw him as angry. Uh, not not angry. I think he was just frustrated. 
sure and it came out a lot as as anger because you know he was this like you know 90 pounds soaking wet um and sort of back in the 40s and stuff no one really took him seriously so a lot of that the the rage that he he had was was frustration coming out basically yeah Um, and like teeny tiny steve owns my heart i love teeny tiny steve so much Um, but yeah, he could, you know, he could come because of that. He could come across as a total asshole if you didn't know him. Yeah, I, see, I wouldn't go with asshole so much as maybe something like a. Sometimes he can come across as very pompous, mm. like yeah. like he like he's the moral authority, and he can be a little condescending at times. Yeah. Uh, and I think some people that that certainly rubs some people the wrong way and can see them as you know a jerk. Yeah, I mean the the only person that outdoes everyone on that kind of level is Tony Stark, yes. um, who I love with every fibre of my being. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, like you want like pompous ass, then Tony's your man. Yeah, but again, totally. again is one of the reasons why I love him. <laughs> <laughs> you love pompous asses. I do, I do. Well, he's like, but they've all got hearts of gold, like <laughs> really, and that's. Yeah, that's amazing. We seem to keep coming back to ass with Vex. Oh, I, yeah, it always does. I mean, yeah, yeah there'll be at least I, one mention per episode. <laughs> it's my thing. It's my thing. Like, <laughs> and you've listened to our podcast before. You know this. Uh, yes, I think you said uh, a couple episodes you were an ass man. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And if they're in tiny little booty shorts, all the better. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't even notice the tiny little booty shots. So clearly, I'm not an ass. How, how have you never noticed I that? I don't like, know. That's part of his classic costume I from the very know. beginning. I don't notice these things. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about this fight? Because I mean, it, it, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of action shots, which is great, and there's some great moments like where I love when Cap hits. Dead of with a shield and the shield goes blang like a symbol. I really like that. Mm. Um, but what do you think of this fight sort of overall? Because it's pretty much the rest of the issue. It's, um, I mean, it's very obvious from like the get go that like Cap is pulling his punches mm-hmm. um, because of course he would um, uh, because he's kind of like uh, he picks up pretty quickly as well that it's like are you an imposter mm. like you, you know this isn't this isn't daredevil you're not well, behaving, yeah something's not, off yeah something's not right so of course he's gonna but he'd pull his punches anyway in front of a crowd because it's for like for charity and all the rest of it so it's it's kind of him just sort of um so i kind of like that but then he's like oh you did not come to play huh mm. let me smack the star spangled shit out of you then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love the way it's drawn. I love the moment as well where he he like Daredevil bounces off of the ropes and he kind of looks like Johnny Storm for a minute, like the Human I, Torch. To, to be honest with you, for a split second, I suddenly I I honestly thought that that was Johnny Storm and maybe like the Fantastic Four were like coming in to break <laughs> to break it up. It, it, it took me a moment to realise that oh no 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 okay that's still Matt. Yeah, that's when he like kicks Cap in the chin. Mm. Yeah. One part of the the fight that I'd liked was when Cap um, 
just hits him in, in the solar plexus, right? And mm-hmm. just, you know, you can't, you know, you must be an imposter. And he, and he, uh, and Daredevil staggers over, and he's and and you see his thought bubble, and he says, "I'll pretend to be helpless while I stagger towards him. Then when he gets close enough, <laughs> I'll straighten up and let and." and Typical, you know, like you comic book, you'd be like, okay, yeah, he's going to fall forward and he's going to just, you know, hit cap. But nope, didn't didn't go that way. <laughs> no that was a surprise to me. That was like, yeah. you know, I'm going to straighten up and let him and, and Cap's like, what's with you, mister? And he just hits him even worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, so I'm sure that the greatest, you know, tactical mind of the age isn't gonna fall for. <laughs> isn't gonna fall for this. Like I was like, dude, what are you doing? Just... Yeah, he even says that. He says your strategy is like an amateur's compared to his. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, it just yeah. I just the, and this was never go, like this was net like there was never gonna be a good outcome to this. It's like, dude, you know you may be quite bendy and do lots of flips and stuff, but it's Captain America. Like yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah. Cap Go doesn't even inside. need his uh, confetti cannon here, does he, Vex? <laughs> I know, it's like, I think Matt needs to go sit and time out for a little yeah. while. We'll have to talk, Rick, about one of the things I... I love... One of the things I love about Captain America is when... This is, like, years later, when there's the Mark Wade run, and you have that issue... I think it's issue number two in the Wade run where Captain America fights Daredevil and he shoots at him with a, I think they call it a chaff cannon. It's a a confetti cannon. And I love, Mm -hmm. he fights Daredevil with confetti. It's, it makes me so happy. (laughs) It's so 4th of July. I love it. Yeah. Uh. It's great. I want, I want him to like, like I want him to just fight other villains this way, just by shooting confetti at them. Just make everything really epic. But it's very—it's a clever thing to do because he knows that yeah. has radar sense, so it makes absolute sense. I just—I mm. just love the uh, the image of it of him having this confetti cannon. Um, I do like this. This kind of called back to me to the uh, the Namor fight in uh, number seven, mm-hmm. where it does a really good job kind of displaying the good qualities of both characters. Yeah, mm. um, kind of their strengths. Um, so when the fight starts and you have Daredevil just jumping in the ring out of nowhere and just starts like going to town on Cap and the whole time Cap is like, okay, I know you're probably sick or, you know, you're an imposter, like what's going on. So like, it kind of shows that, you know, even when he's in the full brunt of a fight, you know, his mind's still working. He's still like figuring things out. He's Mm. still kind of being courteous, um, to Daredevil saying, you know, okay, if this is actually him, you know, there's obviously something wrong. So it's like, let me figure this out. Let me help you. Um, so it kind of shows the humanity of Cap as well as the strategy. Um, because like I said, you know, even when he really starts like, okay, let's, if we're doing this, let's fight. Um, it really shows, you know, his strategy and the fact that, you know, Daredevil can't fool him. And, you know, um, even right before that, we're, when Daredevil's trying to do like somersaults and stuff and get away from him, he's like cutting him off with a shield and that mm-hmm. like leads him into another punch. And, um, so it really kind of shows just how tactically good of a fighter, um, Cap is. Mm. Um, but on like Daredevil's side, you know, it's kind of been in the same way as the Namor fight where it kind of shows the tenacity of him where, you know, he's, you know, you think he's down, like he just took all these you know, multiple big hits from Cap and then he gets back up and basically tackles him out of the ring and like they start, you know, fighting throughout the, the stadium. Um, you know, kind of just how 
how Daredevil, you know, won't lay down, you know, even though he is, you know, taking a beating, you know, he still keeps, still keeps going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, and like I said, you know, even at the end, um, it's, it's more or less even between the two. So, which is a very moral way, you know, you can't have one kind of uh, yeah. outdoing the other. Um, but I thought it was, you know, like the Namor fight, it really showed, you know, the good qualities of both. Um, and I like at the end where, um, Daryl kind of gets his senses again, and he's like, you know, okay, as opposed to just, like, explaining to this, like, let me just get out of this situation. And Cap is still, like, covering for him. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, he goes to the press, and he's like, oh, no, you know, he, he meant to do that, and he gave us a great show. And, you know, so he's like, he's still, you know, even after he just fought the guy, you know, he's still looking out for him and, you know, giving him a good plug in the, in the press. I really like That's Cap a- in this fight. Sorry, sorry, go on, go on. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I really like Cap in this fight as well because it does show um, that he's honourable. Like he's saying, like they kind of tumble down this elevator shaft at the end, and he's sort of saying he's like, why don't we just call it a draw? Because someone's gonna get really hurt, and he mm. might not even mean like himself or Daredevil. It's like a bystander could get hurt, you know. Um, and he's like, well, you know, whatever you're trying to prove, you've already proved it. He is giving him like a, a way out, and he knows mm. obviously something's wrong, but he doesn't want anyone to get hurt or he doesn't and he knows he could seriously hurt um matt but he doesn't want to seriously hurt him you know um mm. so i really like him in it i like the way they write him in a very short sort of time um they make him this very honorable character um you know he's not just oh it's this guy that's gonna they're gonna fight and punch 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 you know like you really get a sense of his his character here and from someone who hasn't read very much captain america at all um, I really like that. Well, Claire, you, you just took the words out of my mouth. I, 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 so I'll put them back. It, Here you go. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, now, I and it does my heart good to to see that someone who doesn't typically read Captain America is and is not overly familiar with the character that these attributes of Cap that us Steve Rogers fans have grown to love mm-hmm. um, come through. You know, that he is an honorable character and that he is um, compassionate and that he, you know, does, you know, care uh, not only about his opponent, but, you know, as you said, the bystanders and and his ego doesn't get in the way. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll call it a draw. You know, I'm like, I don't need to win. Um, you know, so it's it does my heart good to see that these types of characteristics that most cat fans love about the character mm-hmm. are coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was very it just in a you know the the few panels that he was in it was very cat behavior, um which was very cool. Yeah, I I really liked him in this issue. You know, I'd I'd definitely be interested in reading more sort of early Captain America stuff, but um, I you know it would be where to start, so I'd probably have to pick pick uh, Rick and Daniel's brain about that. Um, oh, if only we had opinions on that. <laughs> <laughs> So Matt kind of comes out of it and is is sort of confused and decides to sort of run away. Um, So he says he remembers it was the radium. It affected him. It made him temporarily go berserk. Um, But the effect has finally worn off. And there's people like photographing him like running away. Um, But, you know, Cap's like, oh, I'm not going to go after him. It's all it's all good. And then, like you said, he talks to the uh, reporters and is like, well, he gave us a good show. And then Matt is kind of sadly walking away and says for a few moments in the heat of battle, he forgot Karen. But what happens now? 
This is yeah. when he becomes a radium addict to uh, forget <laughs> Karen and just goes berserk all the time. Um, yeah, so it's quite a, a downbeat ending, and I I felt really bad for him. My heart sort of went but out did, to him because he's not had a good time this issue. Poor Matt. Did anybody else from that panel get the feel of like a Peter Parker Spider-Man yes. walking oh, yes. away? Spider-Man right? no more. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I. I, it made me think of that that cover, like with the the suit in the um, in the the bin. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. which artist that was, that doing Spidey at that time. But yeah, that famous. I think it was Remitter, I think. Oh okay. It was was it the cover or was it like the end splash page? It's like a very famous image, but yes, because they even like recreated it in um, uh, Spider-Man Two, didn't they, in the movie? <laughs> um, but yeah, it did it did give me that feel with him just sort of walking away. Oh, poor Matt. And that is the end of this issue, guys. Um, any last thoughts on the issue before we go into our toots and our boots and our other stuffs? I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, did anybody else notice that throughout this entire episode, where or episode <laughs> issue, uh, I do that all the time, by the way, mm-hmm. on my podcast. <laughs> Um, I, I use the this... podcast about Daredevil episodes, so I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but did, in the scenes where Cap had his shield, did mm-hmm. anyone else notice that the creative team constantly went back and forth between what the shield should look like and then, oh, we're going to give it an extra stripe. No. Uh, it's going to have four stripes. Oh, and sometimes the fourth stripe is red. Sometimes it's white. Uh, I was kind of disappointed. Um, in that, that yeah. uh, the consistency was not there. Oh yeah, I'm looking now. You're right. It's um. Yeah, the, right at the very end of the fight, it's got four stripes, and then when they fall in the elevator, it's got four stripes, and the outer one is white. Oh, that's really weird. Yeah, I mean, where with the first time Daredevil punches yeah. the Cap when he swings in, it's got a white outer rim. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, it goes it goes back and forth like a lot. I'm going through the panels. Yeah, wow. it's one of those like I'm a uh, I run a you know a Green Lantern book club and we discuss Green Lantern a good bit and that's it's kind of one of those on on that side we're we're constantly pecking on like the ring being on the wrong hand or the design constantly changing on it or like the the fact that their boots go from green to white to white to green in mm. issues so it's the same kind of thing where it's like the colorists can't get like a handle on on it well i mean the anchor should have one job (laughs) well but it's not just the colorist right the anchor should have yeah inked it differently so to 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 make sure there was only three lines yeah yeah because then they because then the colorist is going to have to color in this extra line yeah that's that's very strange i hadn't noticed that at all i mean i guess it's it's probably easier for Inca to get Daredevil consistent because his costume is just one colour. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's... I will say that, like, my hat's off to, to Colin, though, throughout this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of great facial expressions. Um, even when they do, like, the crowd scenes, there's, like, a lot of 
definition and it's not just like kind of stock model characters like you know for for the crowd there's a lot of personality and um, different face structures for all the different people that appear um and just the fight in general is very well choreographed mm. and you, you know i had no problem kind of following the action of it and how like okay if they step back and then you know this would you know be their next move and and all that so it flowed very very well um, throughout this, uh, Jin Colin, he is like he's he does motion very very well. Um, yeah, it's so, so dynamic. Yeah. So speaking of of in the audience, did anybody else see the cameo? <gasps> no. Oh, by uh, Peter. Yeah. Is Peter in the? Is he one of the ones taking a photo? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't he see. In, um, he says, "Uh oh, they're toppling into the elevator shaft." Oh, let's have a look. Oh, that was him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering if this was if that was supposed to be Peter or if it was just a little nod and a wink or. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, because he is wearing. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even notice. I was so invested in the fight. I guess. He was so engrossed. I was. <laughs> I didn't have time for Mr. Parker. Well, that's cool though. I do like the the commentary where it it almost becomes like a boxing match, and you know you have the, the crowd jeering, and you have um, like the commentators are even like commenting on you know what they're doing mm-hmm. and what moves they're doing and how the fight's going. So I like how it almost kind of becomes like a classic, you know, like radio, um, like radio broadcast boxing match. What I did find a bit weird though yeah. was at no point did Matt mention that it harks back to when he used to watch his dad. Yeah, but he was in berserker mode. Yeah, I suppose. You know, berserker devil. Maybe he wasn't kind of with it enough to say about that. Here's a question. Um, It's a little mini Vix predicts, seeing as we have Peter in this issue then. Um, When Hmm. will Peter Parker address the fact that he... Uh, claimed he knew who Daredevil was many, many issues ago. Well, and the, and the fact that that letter has never been mentioned again. Yeah. When will this come up, Vix? Do you have an idea? Well, if you're asking me, then I'm guessing soon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> in the next, I'm going to predict in the next five issues. Well, because, like, he's watching Daredevil here and he's said that, you know, he knows who Daredevil was. Um, that it was Matt, but then that was why Mike got invented, and then Mike he, has died, so... Like, Peter could have just shouted out, oh, look, it's Matt Murdock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into our toots and our boots for this week. These are the outfits we liked and the outfits that should be thrown in the garbage. Um, Vix, you can go first. I am going to toot uh, Debbie's little green number with her little neckerchief mm. at the beginning when she is uh, severely reconsidering her life choices <laughs> watching the drama unfold um, I also did really like Matt's entirely red ensemble like his suit that he was wearing mm. um, in the office I thought that was quite cool Okay. Um, boot wise wasn't actually that much. Um, aside, from, aside from the jester making a reappearance, because <laughs> I, oh, ever, oh, I was going to haunt my dreams again tonight. Uh, Rick, what about you? Uh, well, I think I already said my boot was the jester's costume. 
It's like you hated it that much that you yeah. got it in the life version. <laughs> it's like I couldn't wait. <laughs> couldn't hold it back. Uh, what are you going to toot? Um, well... It's you know I mean there's not too many like civilian costumes you know, mm. or, or clothing in here so it's kind of hard to say um, you know I don't know the uh, the guy that was about to get in the ring with uh, to fight and mm-hmm. Daredevil comes up and knocks him over right he's got <laughs> that guy. snazzy looking uh, green pants and checkered uh, purple sport coat yeah. Yeah, he uh, was like, he was ready to go. He was ready to yeah. slide down. Yeah, so, um, sure, we'll, we'll go with that one. <laughs> oh, man. You, you, I thought I was being clever with him, but uh, that was going to be my boot as well, was <laughs> going in with his, you know, purple tweed jacket to fight Captain America. So you're gonna so that could be your boot. It's my toot, so you could be your oh, boot. That's fine. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. that was going to be my boot then, so, okay, I'm the opposite. Just because of the impracticality of going in and fighting Captain America in a purple, you know, tweed jacket. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's just been wandering past, like, and was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Like, He was just, like, out to dinner or something. Maybe he was on, like, a first date. And oh, it's to impress into, his like, date? Dinner, and it was to try, he's like, hey, you know what? Like, I, could, I reckon I could go a few rounds with, with Captain America. She'd be really impressed with that. Oh, maybe. Maybe. So Matt actually did him a favour. Yeah. Mm, I like it. What's going to be your toot, Daniel? Uh, my toot was going to be the same as Vic's. Um, I was going to toot um, Megan's... It is Megan. No, Deborah. Deborah. What was her? Deborah. <laughs> Deborah. Deborah. She's just... I don't know. She's such a forgettable character. Um, but Deborah. Um, yeah, I liked her green um, kind of wrap and then with a scarf. Um, mm. I didn't really like Karen's. It, it looked a little flight attendee to me yeah. um but i don't know if i hated it quite as much to boot it um but yeah the guy just you know just the ridiculousness of going in and fighting cap and you know a, a business suit <laughs> <laughs> he probably works out in the gym in his uh, brogues as well just like that uh, and sunglasses I, and sunglasses of course you have to I am going to uh, boot the jester because it's a crime against eyes and I'm gonna toot. I'm gonna toot Captain America because I really Aww. like his costume, and it's his first appearance. So I'm gonna give him a little toot toot. Um, so now we will discuss what is our panel of the week. Um, some of us have already said. I'm gonna reiterate mine is Matt's kind of angry, sad breakdown in his gym. Um, Vix, what about you? Oh, excuse me. Um, I am going to go for, like, I I very much enjoyed Steve kicking the shit out of Matt. Because <laughs> Matt has been annoying me a little bit of late, <laughs> and he needed to have some sense, or some sort of sense knocked into him. And I very much enjoyed Steve laying the smack down uh, on that. It satisfied me a great deal. <laughs> I was like, yeah. We're not switching to covering Captain America, by the way, just to let No, you know. no, I know. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, I like, I have wanted to reach in and slap Matt myself, um, but Steve did it for me. So, um, yeah, any of the panels where Steve's getting, you know, he's like, you know what, son? Nope. <laughs> 
you're gonna you're gonna catch these hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Daniel. Um. I said, I think my panel of the week is going to be the one with him <laughs> sneaking into the ring, um, kind of over the crowd. Um, I thought that was a really cool dynamic shot, and I like kind of the people looking up in awe, surprised as they kind of turn around. Yeah. Um, but also just as kind of like a minor, I guess, panel. Um, I did like the one where he was sitting um, kind of in the gym, and he's just like sitting, kind of wiping his face with his, his sunglasses off, and his face is kind of shadowed. Mm. Um, I thought that was kind of a, a, a heavy moment of kind of everything that emotionally was going on was kind of hitting him, because it was like right after that, you know, he just starts, you know, tearing his gym apart. Um, so that was kind of like the, the quiet moment right before the storm where kind of the realization that, you know, He's, he, he may not get what he wants, and, mm. you know, he doesn't have a way to get it. Okay. Um, Rick, what about you? Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for allowing me to go last to give me some extra time since you <laughs> stole my panel. <laughs> you can have the same panel. That's fine. No, no, no. It's okay. Um, I'm going to go, uh, as as Daniel said before, I'm going to go with the obvious, which is a battle scene. But I'm I'm picking... The one at the end of the battle, which is where they're at the bottom of the shaft, and it's a it's a top half uh, panel, and it's I'm picking it for a few reasons. One, we already talked about this is a, a great you know just the dialogue there shows the attributes and characteristics of Cap, but also I thought Gene Collin did a really spectacular job showing the action with the glass shattering. Mm-hmm. And all the different shards of glass flying. So I I, I give him credit for this. Uh, I think it's a it's a great action scene because of that. And also, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but it almost feels like a nod to a famous page a panel where uh, or page actually where caps coming through glass, shattering through glass. Uh, done by Jack Kirby, mm. uh, which was the f- beginning of his run on Tales of Suspense of 58. So <clears throat> it almost has a, a reminiscent of, of that as well. So that, that's, uh, that, that'll be my, my second panel. Okay, cool. Yeah, a lot of good panels this week. Mm. Um, so now we have to do the important decision of deciding what to do with this issue. Now we have three options we can either put it in the vault that is behind Josie's bar, behind our hidden bookcase that's only accessible by me. Um, sorry, Vex. Um, oh, and that's okay. for only the best, uh, the best <laughs> issues that have to be kept for all time. Or we can toss it under the bar if we think eh, it's all right and it will be used to mop up stuff. Or if we think it's utter trash, we will throw it. Uh, we will yeet it out of the window of Josie's bar into the, the alleyway uh, next door. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Daniel, what do you think? Even though it's it's a little bit, I guess, on a whole lighter issue, um, but the, I feel like this is a pretty important turning point in Daredevil. Um, like I said, you get a lot of the emotional stuff between uh, Matt and Karen, um, all that starting to come to a head. Um, we're finally starting to kind of... I guess get into Matt's head a little bit more and it's not just more rhetoric. We're actually starting to get the weight of things. Um, and of course this is the first interaction between him and Captain America and the issue. And we get just an absolute fantastic fight between the two of them. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to vote for, for the vault for this one. I think it's, it has enough 
weight to it and importance to it that I think it, it's worthy of it. Uh, nice. Rick, what do you think? Oh, was is there any sub- shock if I say vault? Uh, <laughs> <I> what? Mean, <laughs> you know, this is, uh, for all the reasons Daniel said, uh, this is a perennial issue, um, you know, a lot of impact, a lot of great things going on. The cover itself is a classic. Uh, it has been done again and again as homages in other series um so you know it's an impactful uh cover uh and and also you know by the way i used to own a comic book store and so i sometimes you know dabble and and on the side just buy and sell comics just to pay for my hobby right um but you know so i sometimes look at an eye with you know collectability and and things like that and this particular issue is harder to find and mm-hmm. goes for more money it is that's not a, a main reason but it's just another element to add to what daniel mentioned um so i think for a lot of reasons this this definitely goes in the vault nice bix what about you um i'm gonna side with the boys on this one um to be honest because uh all of uh, all of their points were the points that I was going to make to put it in the vault. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that it's an important uh, it's it's a milestone for Matt. I think Matt I think it's, a Matt stone. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it um yeah it's it is a it's a turning point for him. Um, yeah. So I think yeah and like Cap goes in the vault anyway because it's Cap. So. <laughs> I agree, it's going in the vault. Yay! Yay. Awesome. Well, now it's time for our last segment, and that is perhaps the most important segment of all. It's Vix Predicts. When I say it's the most important one, it's because it's the only one that has its own theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Vix, would you like to know what next uh, issue is called? Always. Okay, so next we'll be discussing, uh, and feel free to, if uh, uh, Rick and Daniel, if you want to give uh, in- incorrect or correct spoilers, <laughs> go for it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, issue 44 is called I Murderer. <gasps> what do you think? I murderer. Ooh. Surely I can't mean Matt. Um, well, at the end of this issue, it did say something about Matt being a murderer. But who did he murder? Did he actually murder, like, actually someone, or is it more metaphorical? Murdered fashion. <laughs> hmm. With... Or did he murder someone who did murder fashion? <gasps> Oh, please don't bring Mike Murdoch back. <laughs> please. Well, he technically did murder Mike Murdoch. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go for it being a more metaphorical murdering of, like, are we going to see some sort of, like, death of the old Matt um, okay. and, and the birth of, a, of some new whiny emo baby Matt? Um kind of thing that's what I'm gonna that's that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking it's not literal which of course means that it will be literal <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe 
thinking I'm, I'm thinking it's a kind of yeah it's going to be like it's sort of the death of the map that we know and like and if for the love of god if he brings back if he brings up some sort of like fourth alternative personality mark murdoch i told you <sighs> and then and then uh his uh his french brother maurice maurice murdoch <laughs> i i Oh God! <laughs> um, so. Daniel and Richter, have you got anything like non-spoilery to say about the next issue? I I would just say Vic, um, you're or Vic, sorry, you're you're going to <laughs> root for Daredevil to murder. Yes. Oh please tell me, is he going to kill the jester? Please tell me. <laughs> finally. Oh, that would be amazing. I like you're like, finally, he's been in one issue. <laughs> but, like, one issue too much. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like, oh, murder the creepy pedophile man. Mm, it's very creepy. Well, we shall see next issue. Um, in the meantime, uh, Rick and Daniel, thank you so much for coming on and welcome Thanks for coming on for the first time, Rick. Oh, thank you. It's yeah. been a real pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed rapid cap with you guys. <laughs> you now have a seat at the bar, so you're welcome back anytime. Oh, well, one day I hope to get a na- nameplate. <laughs> oh, you need you need at least another couple of guest spots for a nameplate. Oh, uh, well, you if... know what? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe uh you know when we cover Daredevil in a Captain America our Captain America podcast. Um, you know, maybe we can have you guys on. Yeah, that would be awesome. Crossover. Yeah. That would be yeah. great. So, and for those who, who are curious, uh, you know, Captain America comic book fans, just look it up in any podcast player out there. Um, you can go, you could actually go to our website, which is CaptainAmericaComicBookFans.com. And, uh, and then I think we mentioned before, Daniel is a moderator of this fantastic group we have over 4,000 captain america fans in That's there awesome. including a lot of creators like writers and artists that worked on captain america or, or just or just captain america fans themselves uh, so it's just it's a great community um we love talking about cap it's a hundred percent positive community we don't allow people to to go in there and bash so if you're just looking for an oasis from you know, everyday stress. This is this is why I created it, and and uh, and to share our, our fellow love of Cap. So, uh, we hope you you know we hope you check us out. Nice, it's awesome. Daniel, have you been up to anything lately you want to plug? Uh, no, just a lot of work. Um, but <laughs> I, I will, um, yeah, I will echo uh, Rick's sentiments. Um, the the Facebook page is a really great spot. Um, it's a really great community. Mm. Um, so if you are interested in Captain America? Um, if, if you're a veteran fan, you know there's something there for you. Uh, if you're completely new and have never really read um, any Captain America and are looking to get into the character, um, there's a lot of really knowledgeable people on there that um, will uh, share, you know, their passion with you and kind of you know guide you through it. Um, so it's it's a really good spot. Um, and like I said, uh, Rick's podcast is is excellent. Uh, really entertaining, uh, really insightful. Um, so definitely give it a listen. It's, it's really good stuff. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the Facebook group and I haven't interacted that much, but it's, it's fun. We like lurkers. (laughs) I am definitely (laughs) a lurker. You guys do way more in your Facebook group than, than we do. Um, however, I am currently making a daredevil stained glass window. And when I finish that, I will post it in the Facebook group. 
Oh yeah, I made a Hawkeye one for uh, for Vix. Um, I'll probably I'm... make a an, an Captain America one at some point because I made an Iron Man one for my nephew and and he very pointedly told me, you know, I have two windows. And I was like, right, <laughs> you, you you were hinting you want another one. I see. So it'll probably be a Captain America one in the future at some point. At some point, this week, oh, I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll show you. At, at some point this week, I'm going to post my review of Hawkeye's first ever appearance in Marvel comic book universe nice. on my blog. Yeah. Uh, if you're on that tells a suspense. 57. 57. 57. Nice. Okay. Um, so if you're on Tumblr, head over to Agent Purple Pants. <laughs> and pop it in the Facebook group as well. I will, I will, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to be reviewing, I'm going to be, so like we're doing on this podcast, um, starting down at all from the beginning, I'm going to be reviewing my boy, my, my bae, <laughs> one of the character that owns my heart. Um, Hawkeye from the very beginning. From the Purple Bird Boy. I love him so much. <laughs> um, awesome. So yeah, uh, and that I thought you know do that in the run up to the TV show um, mm-hmm. that is coming in November. Uh, so yeah, that's, oh, cool. that's coming up quick. Wow. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I may do a little wee. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, we will be back next uh, next week then. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, it's time at the bar. Ring that bell. <laughs> and we'll be back soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via Josie's Bar at reactionary-sass.com on facebook.com at Josie's Bar Podcast, at Instagram or Twitter at Josie's Bar, or on Tumblr at josiesbarpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also call the SAS line, 321-710-4947. Our other podcasts and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sas.com.